Today on The Breakdown, there aren't that many times in life when you have clear winners and losers, clear good guys and bad guys, except I guess in the movies there's a, and books and all media, really, of all kinds. And we have that again. Brian Kim versus Seth Gottlieb. Brian Kim from Australia, lives in Australia. Seth Gottlieb from the United States. It's not that he's from the United States. It's that Brian Kim is from Australia, and so we all have strong feelings about that. I know even Australians themselves. Very strong feelings about that. Winners and losers, good guys and bad guys. <laughs> so, you know, um, we're going to do a hand from the $100,000 buy-in Triton event that just happened. And this is early on in this event. There's actually no one has been eliminated yet. It seems like so often we do a hand from late in a tournament. But this time we're doing early, which is good because everyone who plays in a tournament plays in the early sections. Even if you suck, you play in the early sections. It's always useful and vital to talk about the early sections. And damn it, we're going to do it right now on The Breakdown with Grant Dennison and Jonathan Levy. <laughs> Okay. My, it's like when there's the uh, State of the Union and then the other party has their response. <laughs> yes. You know, so I'm now the response guy. Absolutely. Um, one, I, I did, was unaware that Brian Kim was Australian. I feel like I've heard him interviewed, and it sounded like he had an American accent to me. He is not Australian. He lives in Australia. Ah, is there no gambling tax in Australia or something? Is is there some sort of a poker move for him? Um, I can't speak to that. Uh, I can tell you that Brian Kim was born in California. His, he's an American, but he lives in Australia. He lives so he, in Sydney. Okay. I, yeah. That's I all I can tell you. I have not heard of a big move of poker players to Australia, no. like, like Malta or Costa Rica or something. Yeah, I don't, I don't know why he moved. Um, Australia's pretty nice. Sydney's nice. Like, I've been to Sydney. I get it. They've got an opera house, I hear. It's very pretty. It's yeah. cool to be there. You anyway, know, on the outside, at least I never went. I never went. All right, in. that was response number one. Oh, there's more. Yes, I've been satisfied by by the discussion, and I think that we can, as two parties, move move along on that issue and have bipartisan agreement. Um, what was the second thing? Uh, oh, yeah. Here's what it go. is. I got it. So you were talking about how everybody plays early parts of tournaments. Yeah, there's been a. A yes. decade-long movement towards max late reg as yes. like the strategy for multiple reasons. I think it's only gaining steam. So I do too. A lot of people only play like fifteen blinds effective to start, and they hope to spin it up. Yeah, you know. So well, when we say a lot of people, I mean, yeah, as a percentage of any tournament field, it's, it's a not. It's small not a huge percentage. percentage yeah. No, you are correct. Certainly, and even as I said it, I was aware that not everyone plays every part, especially the beginning of a tournament. But I think the majority of our listeners probably play. You know. 250 blinds deep in right. tournaments a lot. Um, I do. Um, I'm not one of those max late reg guys at all. I think I do better playing all, you know, take, trying to take advantage of all the other players at the table and, you know, when we're deep and stuff. Now, maybe, maybe one of the listeners can correct me on this, but I, I don't think anybody thinks that there's not a slight chip advantage to a good player playing the yeah. early levels when all the bad players are there and you're going to make bigger mistakes on a per blind basis. You're right. Um, it's but it's about, it's more about an hourly rate thing, right? They'd rather be playing cash. Yeah. Um, cause they can do better. Yeah, no, for sure. That's what it is. You're right. Um, but you know, I don't play big enough cash that if I'm playing in a big ish tournament that it's worth doing, you know, right. Um, almost ever. Right. Um, like what's your, what's the cash hourly rate for, you know, 
Like, it's just not that high unless you're playing big. Yeah. If you're Tom Dwan, I get it, you know? Right. But I'm not Tom Dwan. I'm just a guy. Just a man standing in front of another man. <laughs> you're sitting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This is one of those sitting podcasts. I'm sitting right now. Yeah. In front of another man. All right. So I think, actually, we've reached... We basically feel the same way about all of the things that we talked about. Yeah. Which is not what happens usually with the State of the Union and the rebuttal. I don't think usually the two parties end up on the same page at the end. We've reached al dente, I believe. Right. Is what yeah. They nine minutes. It. You cook it for nine minutes in the <laughs> water. Oh, sorry. That's, that's pasta. We've reached dental. Ah, dental. Yeah. So you. Dental uh, dam. Premium dam. <laughs> God, we don't have to reach that. Let's not go there. Um, have we. <laughs> Have we ever done a hand from a tournament where the entire field remains? Yes, because oh, you know where I'm going. Sammy Farha. Yes, Oliver Oliver uh, Hudson. Yeah. Yes, that was the first hand that Oliver Hudson played. I guess it's possible that wasn't the very first hand of the tournament though, because he just sat down. If they had been playing at all, almost certainly someone else had been eliminated. But, but if, it's possible. He if TV coverage out. then were the same as it is now of poker tournaments, the screen would have said, you know, seventy two hundred out of seventy two hundred. And that's where I'm getting 48 out of 48. Right. So, so it would be the same thing, effectively. Well, I mean, the screen just wouldn't... It might not say anything as people are still registering. They might not even have a number up yet. You know what I mean? That's true. For, especially for the main event, yeah. as people are registering all day or, yeah. or whatever. Um, but if that... I don't believe it was the very first hand of Although the, that was WCB. 2006 or something, and you could, not, yeah. you could not register after the event began. Late Is that re- true? Late registration... World huh. Series didn't even have late registration until like 2013 or something. Huh. Interesting. Okay. And then well, it was only for like one level I for a long time. That. I didn't remember that at all. But there also were multiple flights by the time Oliver Hudson was playing. Yeah. Um, so they might not have had a... They, they wouldn't have had any number up there. It's possible it was literally the first hand of the tournament, though. It is possible. Yeah. I know they're certainly playing a blind level one with that. So. Everybody has 10,000 chips. I know that. By yeah. the way, the hand we're talking about, I guess we should tell everyone oh, it's, rather than yeah, just refer to yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, it's in our obliquely. book, which, by the way, you should pick up a copy if you haven't. Yes. It's been out since 2019, and you're quite, you're quite ridiculous if you don't have a copy. It's called How Can He Fold Incredible Poker Decisions. Incredible Poker Hands. <laughs> You've never broken. once gotten it right. I almost got it. How Can He Fold Incredible Poker Hands Broken Down Decision by Decision. Available on Amazon. Anyway. Yes. Um, the hand is when Sammy Farha opens Ace Ten and Oliver Hudson does he like three bet to four hundred over two hundred or something? I it's believe like, he min raises no, he's from not, the big blind. He's not a pro. He's he's a sitcom star, you know, and Kate mm-hmm. Hudson's Hudson's brother. So we can give him a little yeah bit he of doesn't leeway. Know what he's doing. But it, we get the uh, Ace Ace Ten flop on Ace Ten versus Ten Ten. So yeah. it's pretty. It's a super ridiculous flop. And, but, but he he ends up all in. They end up all in on the turn when a queen comes. Right, which is like when you are in the first hand of the main event with four hundred blinds deep. It's probably a mistake. I, I'm going to give Sammy Farha a little bit of credit here and say he knew his customer and knows that, like, okay, sometimes I'm losing ace-queen, but this guy is capable of getting in with worse. Because Sammy Farha raises, min raises the, uh, the turn, I think, and like to, like, 800, and Hudson goes on for 10,000 immediately. Yeah. Like, Insta moves in, and Farha insta-calls him. I mean, really, Farha, everyone should have thought about it. Yeah. And obviously, you should Ace-queen is a in. problem. I mean, moving in with tens there is so bad. Uh, yeah, but you know, he's a sitcom. Star. He's a sitcom. I mean, his, his mom is Goldie Hawn. What do you want? I want him to lose. I well, guess he did. Yeah, th- th- that person doesn't need any more money. So I guess we got what we needed. He was drawing dead on the flop, and then that money was redistributed to the poker community if Sammy Farha won any money in that event. Because well, I, even if he didn't, that money was redistributed. Yeah. To the poker. Either yeah, way, as soon as, as soon as Hudson's out, that it's 
Going to other places. Yeah. 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 So good for him. Yeah. Anyway, this is not that scenario. Right. It is a 100K Triton Vietnam event. It's the main event, 100K. It's pricey. Yeah. Uh, Brian Kim has been popping up a lot more recently in televised poker. You know, he played on Hustler Casino Live. He, oh, yeah, that's right. He made a deep main event run where he made a questionable fold with Queens. Yeah. We, did we ever talk about that? Hand? I think we did when we did the last time we did a Brian Kim hand, which was maybe half a year ago. We did a hustler hand between mm-hmm. Brian Kim and Bill Klein, where Kim made some questionable thin value decisions, like extremely thin value decisions yeah. that bit him in the ass because Bill Klein went nuts. Yes. And it did not work out. Um, we thought Bill Klein played the hand truly much ho- worse. Horribly, but, yeah. um, I think, I think uh, Kim's actions are defensible for yeah. sure. Um, we're, we're not going to re relitigate no. it, though, either way. Right. So I think we did talk about the Queen's Hand when we did that podcast. Okay. Really quickly, yeah. we're like on day six of the main event or something, and he four bets Queen's against a crazy dude who five bets him with ace five off. The flop is like nine high, and Kim just check folds Queen's on the flop. And he's put in like a third of his stack. It's, it just seems really bad. I understand the fear and, oh. why, and why you would make that decision. Me too. Um, but I don't think he was getting the right odds to set mine, so he should right. have just folded pre-flop. If or he was go gonna, with it. Or if he's going to fold on that flop. Right. Like yeah. he, it, it was very surprising to me that he didn't plan that out. It's possible he just thinks queens are... But again, saying to yourself queens are just too good to fold, but then actually folding them on that flop when you put in that much money against a guy who's a little crazy. Right. I don't see any way around... There's no that plan if, there. I don't see any way around that if you're not getting the right price to set mine that, right. you, that you could make those two decisions in the same hand. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. Like, it's one or the other. But not to say that I've never made mistakes such as that, right? Like, especially when you're on such a stage and in such a huge high leverage moment, I understand that that type of thing happens. I always wonder, too, if, like, this isn't a streaming table. Right. Is he just folding those queens to the five bet? But he feels like he can't because of there's metagame stuff going on here, too. Maybe. I mean... Maybe maybe he's protecting himself that way, too. And so he just feels he can never fold queens pre-flop. But then once the flop comes, now he can find a fold sometimes. It's possible. I don't know. Who knows? I mean, I've definitely been in poker hands, especially in tournaments, because in cash games, you know, it's often the stakes aren't really shifting. Right. But when when I'm in high-stakes parts of tournaments, I've definitely been in spots where I've, like, had a really big decision and made the decision which was to continue in the hand. And then after that, immediately yeah. regretted that decision. Yes. And then like made a decision For that sure. did not, did not make sense with that decision in, right. in the later part of the hand, because I, once I had made the decision, it became so much more clear that I made the wrong decision. Yes. You know? Uh, yeah. You have, yeah. You're like, that was a mistake. Yeah. And then you're like, well, let's not throw good money after bad. Here. Right. Right. And it's possible that happened with him too. It just is, this is a decision that you figure you have lots of time to have figured out this decision. Like in your whole poker career, this is the kind of thing you He's should. He's probably pretty nervous too, you know. Like, yeah, it's 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 a big deal. No, that's all fair. That's all fair. I remember being. This is not the same, but playing in a big Portland tournament. I mean, obviously not not the same level. Yeah. Of thing. Um, it was probably like a five hundred dollar buy-in, and like early on, like under the gun raised, I three bet with queens, and the big blind cold min four bet me. But based on this, it, was, it wasn't level one or anything like that. And based on the stack sizes, I couldn't set mine. Wow. And I sat there for a good solid six or seven minutes, and I folded the queens to the min cl- to the clickback raise. I get it, of course. So painful to do. The guy showed kings, and I went on to win the tournament. Huh. So it all worked out real well. But, um, but I remember that. I still remember sitting there, like, shuffling my chips and thinking and thinking. And people saying, like, does he know it's on him? And the dealer yeah. saying... Yeah, he knows. <laughs> like, you know, because it was like such a, 
was like, can I really fold this here? Like, I'm sure I'm behind. Like, I really think I'm losing and I can't set mine. I guess I have to fucking fold, you know? Now, it wasn't in the main much event. Much lower. Much lower. And less nervousness. And In every way, yeah. it's all different. I acknowledge this. But I did plan it out. Brian Kim. Yeah. Anyway. You know what's not different? Um, yes. What? Mars. Mars is the same. As when? As before. I can't dispute that. Thank you. What Mars. I was referring to oh. is that what's not different is the suggester of this hand and the last hand. Oh. It's Ben Page. Hey! He's uh, unsurprisingly going to be the comeback player of the year. You know, he'll, he'll win every award available. I think he took three years off just to win this award. I mean, smart man. Yeah. Right? That's how you do it. Yeah. You don't give them what they want. You no. give them what they don't want. That's right. how you get everything. Yeah, right? that makes sense. Yeah. Look at, look at Michael Jordan. That's that, what he did. That sounds like some like 2003 venture capital <laughs> meeting. <laughs> totally. That like totally works and there's a million dollar or billion dollar valuation is, is made at the end of that meeting based on somebody saying that shit. I mean, that to me sounds like a YouTube short waiting to happen. Like, you know, some YouTube business short. There's a million of those. Yeah. I'm sure someone says things just like that. You know? Of course. I mean, do. look. Steve Jobs, in the movie Jobs, anyway, or the yes. movie Steve Jobs, famously said, um, they don't know what they want. Right. They don't know what they want until you show it to them. And I actually do agree with that. I think that's correct. In some cases, that's correct. Yes. yes. Um, like, this, like, I'm always aware when people complain about movies that did poorly, they're like, and no, a movie that no one asked for. And I'm like, no one ever asked for anything. Right. Like, like, okay, except for obvious sequels. Like, no one asked for Avatar. That's the biggest movie of all time. Right. Like, what do you mean no one asked for this? Like, yeah. That's weird. If it's good, then it's good. If it isn't, then it isn't. That's all that matters. Like, who cares if the public asked for it? I mean, no one asked for this is like a thing that people say on the internet about a lot of things, yes. and it's always a bitchy, horrible thing to say. Pretty it's much. A, it's a stupid thing, and if you, if you say it, you shouldn't say it. You right. It's stop. like you don't have a better thing to say. To, you're trying to put something down, but you don't have an actual reason to put it down. So right. You, you make, it's basically a made-up reason. Right. But, it, but it, it's also like really dismissive and rude mm -hmm. at the same time. So yeah, stop using that. It phrase. implies that the, the person who did whatever the thing is gave, you know, created whatever they created that somehow that they were stupid to create it. Right. But you don't, but just because people apparently haven't been protesting that this thing doesn't exist. You know? Right. It's and like, it's not like you have to about? consume every piece of content that people make. Right. If you don't want it, don't, don't get it. Right. Um, yeah. So I'm sure somebody in our discord or on Twitter will, Tell us that nobody asked for that segment, you know, which oh, would, be of very, course, be pretty good. That would be fine. If that's that's that. one way you can use it. That's okay. Yeah. If it's meta, it's okay. Meta's that's, great. That, if, if we had a VC pitch, it would be like, and this is not about Facebook, but it would be, if it's meta, it's okay. That's kind of the poker guy's Right, motto. but we don't mean meta, the VR company, no. to be clear. No, we mean like the actual concept. Yes. Yeah. You fools. Hey, we mostly have just talked about poker and we're just going to get into it. I love it. Welcome to the new world. Just kidding. Don't worry. We'll do fucked up weird stuff in the future. I promise. Maybe. I promise. No, don't promise things. Okay. If one of us dies, most notably Jonathan, we will continue to do fucked up weird yeah. stuff. Because I can't control it anymore. Yeah. I can't stop the craziness, which yeah. I'm the guy who reigns it in. Right. Everyone knows that. You are, you, you're like an island when you're stuck out at sea. You're the, you're the, yes. the only way that the listeners feel like, there's something to anchor to here. I'm the port in the storm right. that you need. Yep, that's you. People say that all the time. Yep. They yep. look at me when they say it, too. Make uncomfortable eye contact. Yep. Yep. And then the song Brandy comes on the radio, and <sighs> everything just... 
Uh, it's not really related except thematically because it's about a sailor, but you know. Whatever. And I make that sound, by the way, when they're staring at me and the song comes on. Well, it's not because they're staring at you right. when the song comes on. It's only because the song comes right. on. Right. Because everybody loves that song. And if you are listening to this podcast right now, you should pause it and listen to the song it's Brandy so good. by The Looking Glass and then come back and listen to the podcast. I believe it's Looking Glass, not The Looking Oh, sorry. It's just like it's Facebook well, and not Well, how Facebook. would I know? I mean, it's a one-hit wonder. Anyway. I mean, you could know. Um, it was but I just like want to say 70s. one other thing. People sometimes think when I make that sound... Uh, I don't want to know what that, they think. Um, <laughs> that it's because I've just like had a refreshing drink. It's not. 48 out of 48 remain <laughs> in the Triton 100K Vietnam. Uh, okay, great. I have never heard of a poker tournament happening in Vietnam before, by the way. Hey, it's... Oh, you know what? It's 48 of 48 because it's the beginning. There ends up being a lot more entries than yeah, 48. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure that's the ends case. Ends up being 135 entries. So we're that early. Yeah. yeah. It's like the beginning, beginning. Yeah, part. it's cool. Although something has happened... They've been playing for at least a while because of the difference in these guys' stacks. Like, it can't be the very, very beginning. Yeah. Um, anyway, Ben Page suggested on, on Discord. Great. You, you could suggest there. You could suggest on Twitter. We'll enjoy it to... Have your suggestion. Thank you very much. Thank nice. you very much. Nicely said. I know. It's 5K, 1K. Brian Kim, who famously got destroyed by Bill Klein in the last breakdown we did of him. It's true. Has 408 K. He's got 408 blinds. Okay. It's a significant stack. Wow. This really is... Uh, wow. It's, it's the early days. Yeah. It's like a cash game. Uh, except that you can't get more chips. Well, I guess you probably I mean, can. you probably you can. You can re-enter, but you can't top up. How about okay. that? There's no top up in the tournament. Right on. Not yet. They'll make that eventually. It's got two black aces under the gun. Okay. Makes it 3K. Sure. Sure. When everybody's deep, 3X. You could even go bigger. Who cares? It's all, it's all fine. In 2010, everybody was making it 2K here, even at, even at 400 mm-hmm. blinds deep. Because in tournaments, they just... I mean... Us included. We were just mimicking everybody else. It's not that big a difference anyway, it's really. Not. Two, three, four. I mean, when you're this deep, it doesn't really matter. 6K. You're starting to talk about something different. Yeah, a little bit. Anyway, it folds around to Seth Gottlieb. I have no idea who that is, but he sure is here, isn't he? He's playing at 100K. Yeah. You know that. Um, he has no Hendon, really, right. 27K leading up to this event. That's correct. Uh, but he's playing in this 100K. Maybe he's a rich guy. He's pretty young. He might just be a cash game crusher who decided to play this tournament because it was happening. I don't know. What is your, what is your guess? Um, well, he has only cashed at least via Hendon in just a f- like, you know, eight other tournaments total. And as you were saying, for not that much money, especially considering he's playing in this, this size event, this says he lives in New Jersey. So he traveled so, here for this. So I wonder if though, he's like a cash game player who actually mostly lives in Asia, but ah. his residence is in New Jersey, yeah. or if this is a different thing, or if he's like a businessman, it could be either one. It could be. He's, you said he looks young, though, right? He does. I mean, so does the DoorDash guy. Like, so yeah. you could just be young and have a lot of money. It's that, possible. Yeah. That's, I'm going to go with that without knowing anything. Okay, let's go with that. Okay, great. Who cares? Um, Seth Gottlieb. He's got 220K, so you see their stacks are quite different. Yeah, it feels like Kim maybe almost doubled through someone already. Yeah, maybe. Anyway. Uh, he's got 7-6 off in the big blind, and he makes the call. Of course. Seems fine to me. 7,500 in the pot after the big blind ante gets raked. Cool. Ace of hearts, seven of clubs, five of clubs. That is good for Brian Kim. He's not going to get bluffed by Bill Klein on this flop, at least. Uh, so, <laughs> Gottlieb checks. He's flop middle pair. Yep. What's your, what's your move as Brian Kim? 
I mean, we just have to build a pot. I mean, like, we're so we're deep. So yeah. deep, it's absurd. We're going to slow play to win a tiny pot later. We have to try and build a pot right now. Well, we can just hope that he has clubs and that they don't come in. Look, if he has any pair of any kind, cl- club draw, straight draw, or an ace, he's going to stick around, right? If he has a seven, a five, anything higher than a seven, he's going to stick around. If he has two sixes, he's probably going to stick around. He's got a backdoor straight draw. He's probably sticking around. You know, it's, we're so fucking deep. We have to bet. How much? 7,500 in the pot. Um, we don't have to bet that much. I, I'm inclined to go about what we did before, like around 3,000. What'd he do? Smaller, 2K. Yeah. I mean, he's got the board pretty he does crushed. Have the board pretty crushed. I mean, true. there's a seven and a five of clubs, which, which leads to a lot of draw combos out there. So yeah. you could go bigger for that, but 2K can't be bad. It, it seems. absolutely cannot. We also have the ace of clubs in our hands, so there's no nut flush. So we knock out a bunch of the flush possibilities. Although yeah. it was the big blind, so any two suited cards right. you call it. Yeah, there's definitely flush draws out there. Yeah. Gottlieb doesn't have one. He's got the seven and the six, and they're not suited. So he does have middle pair, and there's just nothing to do but call here, right? There's not even a discussion to be had. It'd be really weird to do anything but call when we're this deep. Yeah. Like, it's like, I'm usually folding the turn. Cool. The pot, Winning the pot, obviously, you'd always rather win the pot than lose it, but the pot is fairly inconsequential right now. So like making a move on the pot with middle pair just doesn't make any sense. Right. It's just one of those spots where like, I'm going to just fold if he bets the turn. And yeah. That's just life. And yeah. Here like we go. A, well, maybe I'll improve, which turns out would not help us. But yeah, I mean, we, I guess, nope, we have backdoor straight draw and a flush draw. I guess we have the straight flush draw backdoor, which we could get it. Which well, we need in. those specific clubs if we want to win with clubs because yeah, Kim has the ace of clubs. It's a tough, it's a tough spot equity yeah. wise here. So if he knew what he was up against, he would probably not make the decision to call. He would fold for sure. He would fold. Um, but he does call because he does not see through the back of the cards into Brian Kim's hand. Right. Uh, so that's, you know, that's good. That's good for the game integrity and all that stuff. That well he, said. He can't see the cards. Uh, Nitro betting. Hey. Yeah. Guess what? That's a website. It is. On the internet. It's, a, it's on the internet. It lives Packet there. switching was first introduced in 1964. Mm-hmm. Um, that was basically the technology needed to make the internet. And now we're in 2023 and nitro betting is the result of all of this work. All the packet switching. And you get to be the beneficiary. Right. Packet switching and nitro betting. We love internet history at nitro betting. We do. We talk also, about it. We love the sports betting, which they have in abundance, the casino games, and of course the poker. There's the Poker Guys monthly tournament that you can only access if you use the link in the description when you sign up. There's also sports betting promotions and shit that you can get when you use the link when you sign up. It's all just, you know, if you've heard of the gravy train before, forget about the gravy train and think about the packet-switching airplane. That's, Whoa. That's what Nitro Betting's all about, right? Damn, you did switch some packets on that I one. Did. I didn't see that coming. Yeah, do you see how packet-switching was invented now? Now I do. You understand the technology, uh, the foundational technology, now that I've said the thing about the airplane. I always thought more it was more like a cup of soup kind of a thing. Oh, but it's now, definitely now not. I'm seeing no, that no, it it's a gravy, yeah. a train... Train made of gravy. <laughs> yeah. When you say gravy train, of course, it's a train made of gravy, right? Like, what else could that? What else could a gravy train be? It's a train that transports a lot of gravy. That's yeah. Give stupid. me a give me a break. Yeah. Like it's a it's made of gravy. It's not strong <laughs> in any way. <laughs> it's wet. <laughs> but it's, and it can't obviously go on any tracks because it would just collapse. Yeah. Into yeah. A, a it has to be sus- it has to be suspended liquid. weightlessly. Yeah. Um, which is why it's so valuable. I mean, it's that's more about the technology <laughs> to suspend the gravy weightlessly than it is about it being a train made of gravy. That's I mean, why people talk about it that way. 
clearly in the future, this is all going to be happening in space where you don't have to worry so much about all the right. Then, stuff. then there's going to be a, just an antiquated saying that nobody's going to understand right. why we're like, I can get a gravy train at the corner store for, for basically free. What yeah. are you talking about? Yeah. How is that related to wealth? Okay, grandma. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 I got six gravy trains in my backpack. They'll be right like, now. oh, yeah, I remember when gravy trains were expensive in 2050. Yeah. You know, and they think they're being funny and cool and smart because yeah, it was so long I can ago. tell that future generations are going to suck already because <laughs> <laughs> of this gravy train thing. Yeah. Anyway, nitro betting. You know, it all makes sense. Use yeah. the link. Raise a glass. Uh, <laughs> sure, why not? <laughs> hey, there's 11,500 in the pot now. Yeah. Ace of hearts, seven of clubs, five of clubs. Gottlieb out of the big blind has seven, six off. Kim, the opener, has a set of aces. Six of hearts on the turn. Uh-oh, SpaghettiOs. Gottlieb makes two pair. Yep. It's ace, seven, six, five with Time. Two, two clubs. Time to lose some money. We are drawing We are drawing dead, and we just made two pair. That yep. sucks. All right. I have to ask the question. Okay. Would Should you we lead? Yeah. Would you consider it? Um, I would consider it, yes. I think we're still getting a lot of bets out of aces. I agree. Um, when we're this deep, like they're going to charge clubs. If it was the six of clubs, I would, we have the six of clubs, but if you know, we didn't, and it was the six of clubs. I think there's more of a case to, to lead. Of course, then flushes are in place. So maybe there's less of a case to lead yeah. again too. Um, we get more checkbacks though on when the six of clubs, yes. I think on the, the, yes, eight, nine comes in. Sure. And a few two pair combos are made. We were in the big blind when we defended. I think ace king is betting again, you know, ace Jack is betting again and yeah. he should. Yeah, I expect that the big aces are going to bet again. Small aces might check. Um, also, I think we want to play this as more pot controlling anyway when we're this deep with two pair that are not awesome, right? Like, we just want to go check call. And we, we, if we lead and we get raised, now we're in weird spots. Not that it's going to happen that often, but it's not impossible, right? When yeah. We're this deep, like, weird things can happen. Yeah. Um, Gottlieb does check. I like that decision. I do think that Kim's going to bet all of his big aces. Yep. We're going to have to consider leading the river, though, if we check call, right, it, on innocuous cards. I think we should at least consider that. Sure. Yeah. Uh, so Kim does bet. Okay. He, I mean, he's still got a set of aces. Obviously, eight, nine, eight, four, and three, four got there, but that's not enough reason to not bet your set of aces when there's two clubs out there. And Gottlieb could have now like a pair and a straight draw. 100%. Yeah. And by the way, if we're losing, we still have outs. Right. To ever, against everything. Yep. So. It's fine. This is an easy bet. Kim bets 8K into 11.5. He sizes it up. Yep, as you do. Really charging the clubs. Yep. Um, Gottlieb raises. Okay, I don't think he's a pro. This does not feel like a professional raise. Explain yourself. He makes it 23K, by the way. Okay. Okay, my explanation is this. There are a bunch of hands we're losing to right now that... And, and I'm worried about the hands that choose to continue when we raise, right? Like, the continuing yeah. range is, is a little problematic. It's possible we're getting called by ace-king and ace-queen and stuff like that if we raise. A bunch of the aces are going to fold. Um, all the hands that had good equity, that good draw equity can call because the implied odds are there, and, and they have position. Um, we're also losing to straights. We're losing to sets. Uh, we're losing to better two pairs, all of which are in play here when we're this deep and Kim opens from under the gun. Kim absolutely has ace-five suited and ace-six suited and ace-seven suited. 100%. He's got all the sets also. He's got pocket fives for sure, right? He's got eight-nine. Okay, eight-nine suited, but he's got eight-nine also. He has all those things. I just don't know what we're raising for when we're raising into that. I, I don't understand why we wouldn't be pot controlling here. 
I'm a lot more okay with the Rays than you Really? Are. How come? In part because of Kim's sizing. So mm. when, when Kim chooses the sizing, he's charging the maximum to flush draws. Not the maximum. He's charging a lot to flush draws sure. and stuff. And if Gottlieb's going to continue with some flush draws and even some straight draws, he's probably going to have to race as, rather than call. Uh, if they're just, if they're, yeah, flush draws only. Yeah, yeah, if it's not a combo draw. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, when you're this deep, you could decide to call. You could. But, but you're right. Uh, you could. So It's more of a problem. So I think maybe including all two pair combos in the raising range along with those hands is a viable strategy in general. And you still can certainly get called by weaker hands. I think, like you said, ace-king might call, ace-queen might call. Certainly ace-x of clubs is going to call. Now, that has reasonable, oh, sure. reasonable equity against us, but you know we're, we're winning by a fair amount equity-wise with only one card to come. Yeah. So, um, so I, I, honestly, I don't hate the raise the same way you do, and I don't think it indicates that he's not a professional. Huh. Um, I think it's... I do think it's problematic. Let's let's talk a little more about it anyway. Um, you are ahead, and I hear what you're saying about wanting to have balance here. Yeah. Right? I just don't know that we need to make all these plays, even with draws, where we could choose to call sometimes and also fold sometimes if we're just not getting a right price. It's very early in this tournament. You know, we don't have... But if we have a nut draw, fine. But we don't have to put in... You know, by the way, it's not that many blinds anyway. Even if we call eight blinds, it's just it's just not a lot relative to the stack size. I, it's it's a lot relative to the pot size, but not yeah, to the stack size. Yeah, but it's not entirely about risk mitigation, right? It's also about yes. maximizing That's your true. your wins and also being the type of guy who's putting in a lot of pressure post flop in a lot of scenarios yeah. in a tournament setting, especially a tournament like this, 100k where it's going to matter a lot to a lot of the people playing. That's a guy that is going to get a lot of stuff through and scare people. That's and that's, that's fair. a valuable position to be in. And and also to be fair, it really looks like Kim mostly has like an ace king hand here, right? Yeah. And that's what you're targeting very clearly. Right. Right. So that makes sense too. I guess our plan is just gonna have to be to fold if we get re-raised, right? Oh, absolutely. Right. We're yeah. just done. No question. Because because now we're up against what's now, Kim re-raising with besides the nuts, though? I don't nothing. Yeah. It's eight nine suited only, I yeah. think. Right. Um so that's, so fine. that's incredibly rare. Um, we're sometimes inflating the pot when we're losing, which sucks. Like this time. Like this time. But it isn't that often to give you to to come back to your side a little bit. Like mostly we're ahead here, right? Yeah, the, I think the main thing that I, the I mean I believe all of the points that I'm saying, but the main thing that I think is wrong in what you're saying is that this indicates he's not a professional. I think this is a decision. Right. A okay. Could, okay, that's fair. That's a a fair. professional could absolutely make this decision, and it could be a good decision. Yeah. And and I guess also when we're this deep. We can afford to be a little more loosey goosey with plays like this, you know, in that, like, if we're wrong and we get three bet, it's like, okay, like, yeah. it's not that big a deal. Like, right. I lost, you know, 11% of my stack or something. Right. Like, it's fine. I mean, it could, if, if Kim were the type of player who three bets the ace X of clubs, this could be a problem. Yes, but, but why would he? Why would most players would not do that for obvious reasons? He could have like king eight of clubs and decide, or king nine of clubs. Those are the scare. Those are the hands where we could get a little screwed. Yeah, but except, he's got it. But he's got to decide to do it. And would he? Yeah. He'd probably just call right because he doesn't so. want to run into the nuts and get blown off the hand himself. Right. Right. Also, like that hand can be in big trouble against a lot of types of hands that Gottlieb might play like this. Like if, if like got, well, he could have a straight with the club draw, and that that blocks all of. Kim's outs and uh, or or he could have a six of clubs, which is a very very rare thing for him to have. But that would be two pair with the nut flush draw. You know, there's. I mean, those are very unlikely. Yeah. Things. Yeah. Also fair. Anyway, but, but I don't think we're going to see three bets with king eight of clubs. I think we're just going to see flats in position. Yeah, most of the hands. time. Yeah, yeah. And I'm not sure if Kim's even opening that under the gun. 
I don't know either. When they're this deep, like I think these days, a lot of players are. Yeah. But I don't know if Kim is. Yeah, I mean, you all and I'll, I'll, I'll also like if you don't open that under the gun, nobody's going to be like, "That's awful." By no means. Right. By the way, same thing with King Nine of Clubs. Right. right? Um, ace Eight of Clubs, Ace Nine of Clubs, but we already have an Ace now too. Yeah. So the whole thing feels like you definitely wouldn't be three betting no. those hands ever. You just call. Right. Yeah. So I'm okay with the play. Okay. All right. I've come around a little bit on it. I'll, I'll grant you. Cool. I'm glad. I like those moments. Yeah. Um, and intrinsic within that discussion was that we don't think Kim should be raising here with a set of aces, right? No way. Yeah. Because what if he has got the nuts? We would, we'd hate to play a monster pot here where we have like 20% equity. That sounds like a big mistake. We get to bluff catch with, with, with top set. It's amazing. Bluff catch. And also, if we improve, we can be like in oh. valueville. By the way, if a seven or a six comes, look out below. Like... Yeah. probably we get bet, raise, call, probably. Yeah. And that's going to be big now that we got this check raise from Gottlieb. Yeah. Right? So look out, man. Yeah. So Kim does call. Yes. All right. 57,500 in the pot. Got pretty big. 57 blinds. Yep. The river is just an awful card for both players. Yeah. It is the nine of spades. So it's ace of hearts, seven of clubs, six of hearts, nine of spades. Flush is missed, but an eight now makes a straight. Yep. Any eight. Yep. So, which player is more likely to have an eight is my first question. Great question. I guess the answer just has to be Gottlieb, right? He, he called from the big blind, so he's got a whole series of wacky eights that... Um, Any 8x of clubs makes a lot of sense here. Yeah, and maybe he's just check-raising um, like 8-5, eight, 8-6, eight, eight, seven on the turn sometimes. Because he's not winning in often enough against Kim's range. So yeah, he's, and he's like, either I'm losing or I can deny some equity here. I have a chance to blow up the pot. If I improve in any way, it's really hard to get paid anyway. Yeah. It's not impossible. So those are, those are possible, but certainly any 8x of clubs that he would call with preflop is a oh, yeah. very likely hand for him to have. No question. So yeah, I think he's got to have more 8s than, than Kim, because what does Kim have for 8s? He's got... He's got his 8x of clubs, is, which include just ace-8 and king-8 of clubs and 8-10 of clubs. Yeah, I don't think he's got jack-8 of clubs. And 8-9 of clubs, which was the nuts already. Um, and I don't think he's got 8-5 of clubs either no, from under the gun. I would guess not. Yeah. So, so yeah. just a few. He doesn't have any unsuited 8s, except for 8-8, eight, eight, perhaps. But I don't know right. if he's betting flop and turn with that anyway, so... He might, he might bet turn where he feels he's just because this way he just gets to check back river. Yeah. And if he improves because he's open ended, he gets to get more and he can still maybe sometimes get value from sevens and sixes. And so spots. it's possible. It's possible. But still, it, yeah, I, I would say that Gottlieb has a range advantage now. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Just because he's got so many more eights. Right. And I think they have the same amount of the nuts, eight, ten. Mm -hmm. uh, well, no, maybe not the same amount. I think Gottlieb might have. He can have eight, ten of hearts. He can have eights with, that are two hearts also because he's got backdoor hearts on the Yeah, I guess Gottlieb could have eight, ten of hearts or eight, ten of clubs. I think Kim could probably have any eight, ten, though, that's suited. Yes, I agree with that. Yeah. Anyway, Gottlieb's going to do something. Yeah. He's going to bet. Is this why bet. you said he wasn't a professional because you knew this was going to happen? I didn't know happen? this was coming. I only saw it afterward. Um, and I'm but, not saying this bet means he's not a professional. We might find a way that we like this bet. And I kind of started... You're coming around on Tinkering it with that idea when okay. I watched the hand, oh, actually. Okay. I was thinking, like, it's possible that I can come around on this bet. Oh. I haven't fully formed an idea on it, but I can see myself not hating this bet, even though my immediate reaction is, like, you're not supposed to do that when the nine comes. But, like we said, it's rare for Kim to have an eight, right? It's definitely rare for Kim to have an eight. Now, I think knowing that Gottlieb bets is one part of this where it's always like, really? He's betting when a nine comes to the board is... 
ace nine seven six five with two clubs. That's unusual with seven six. But maybe you could say like, well, he could bet an amount to try and get called by ace king, right? Right. So, so he'd size small, yeah, ish, yeah. to try and get called by ace king. You would assume he wouldn't have to bet huge, mm-hmm. um, and ace king may just feel forced to call because like, well, clubs did miss, and I don't know, and it's not that much, and what the hell kind yeah. of thing. Um, but he doesn't bet small. No, he bets big. He bets 46K into 57. Okay, so I have already started slightly to talk myself a little bit into this bet now, just from what I just said. Mm. I, I hadn't been anywhere on that side of it. But now, if we're trying to get called by Ace King, betting small is probably worse than betting big. Yeah, that's a good point. Right? Like, don't you want to be polarized? Yeah. So you want Ace King to say, like, well, he's got the straight or he's got nothing. He's got clubs or the straight. So I, can, I have to call if I don't have any clubs in my hand. Right. Um, and you're like, haha, I have two pair. I'm wider than you think. That would be the reason to bet. Yeah. And that would be a fair reason to bet big, actually. Right. I mean, a set of aces is obviously rare. Uh, Kim yes. rarely has an eight also. There, you're, you're still off and ahead with seven, six. Absolutely. No, no, I think against the under-the-gun range specifically, you can feel like I'm mostly ahead here. So this is a value bet. We're not, we're not going to say this is a bluff, even though it's four to a straight, and he we bets, have effectively bottom two pair. He bets 46,000 to 57,500, and I definitely think it's a value bet. It might not be a bad one. I agree. I really went from hating it to not hating it, just from that thing where I was like, well, if we're trying to get called by Ace King... Maybe this guy's a really good professional. Maybe he it's is. It's possible. Yeah, maybe he really knows what he's doing yeah. here. And he happens to be running into the top or near the top of Brian Kim's range. But it's still going to be a weird spot now for Kim, um, even so. But he's not trying to fold out a better hand. He's just trying to get called no. by the worst one. Yeah, that makes yeah. sense. You think any big, any big ace that doesn't have a club in his hand really has to strongly consider calling this, right? I, I certainly agree with that. And uh, I'm going to just tell you what happens and we can discuss it. So Brian Kim folds. Mm. He folds a set of aces the best hand. Wow. Um, That's amazing. So it seems unlikely that Gottlieb was going to get called by what he was targeting, although it's possible that he would because Kim does have a club in his hand. Yeah. I mean, I I would guess if Kim didn't have the ace of clubs, he's calling, right? Right. So that might be the case with ace-jack plus. If he has no club, he might be calling. Although the ace of clubs is less vital here because because there's an ace on the board. Right. So the ace of clubs doesn't have to bluff ever. Ace of clubs can think it has the best hand. That's true, although it can still be used as a delineating factor between call and fold if you're really close. I guess. But like the king of clubs feels way more relevant than the ace of clubs I agree. because the ace is on the board. I agree. Yeah. I agree. Um, which, so by I the way, would, would mean that the ace of clubs has no blocker value and that aces with the ace of clubs is equally a fold to uh, other ace, ace axes without a club. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Is what you're saying, effectively? Um, yeah. So this falls within the fold side of things, even though it has a club because it's not a meaningful club. Whereas the call side of things is ace-king with the king of clubs, ace-queen with the queen of clubs, ace-jack with the jack of clubs. I think that's more important. I do. Yeah. Um, it probably matters the tiniest bit, but, but at Because best, it, at times, bit. Gottlieb will show up with ace-x of clubs. It's got to be possible. Right. If he had ace-eight of clubs, or eight, well, that would be a problem. Yeah. And ace-nine of clubs is beating us too, actually, now that I think about no, it. No, it's not. Yes, oh, it's it beating ace-king and ace-queen and ace-jack. Yeah, 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 not ace-ace. Yeah. Right, right. Um, but like he doesn't think he's bluffing. Yeah. is what I'm saying. Right. Like ever, and he might be check. Oh, would he really check raise ace nine of clubs on the turn? I guess it's possible. It would be interesting to know what Kim would have done if he had had ace king with the king of clubs. Yeah. This. All right. What do we think about this? 
Okay, I've I've come around from thinking that must be a terrible bet by Gottlieb to thinking like that's probably a good bet by Gottlieb pretty quickly. Yeah, I have to say I'm sort of shocked at how quickly I turned on that. Um, my initial thought is this is too tight a fold by Kim unless we know Gottlieb has no bluffs essentially, right? Like, like what did Gottlieb check raise the turn with that he's betting the river with? I mean, it's eight nine for yeah. sure. He can still do that. Anything I guess anything with an eight in it is yeah. the only answer. Eight right? X of clubs. 8x of clubs, 8-9. And if, I guess if you can also have things like 8-5, 8-6, yeah, that feels really different, right? And then That's the bluffs like, are just clubs that were not combo draws, right? Because they probably wouldn't include too many of the 9 of clubs um, because he has some showdown value with that now. He might not decide to, to bluff with that. I mean, the 9 of clubs probably should, can never win alone at showdown. Yeah. So he might decide to do something with it. He might. He might. It's possible. I don't think it's an unreasonable fold. No, I don't think so either. Um, especially the fact that we're as deep as we are makes me want to fold more, not less, too. Like, if this was, like, threatening Kim's life and we're at the final table of a tournament, I'm more inclined to want to call. Right. Because it's, like, a scarier bet. Yeah. Right? This is, like, if Kim is wrong, he still has a kajillion chips, and, like, no one's threatening anything like that. It's just a big bet. That's all it is. So it feels like it's more likely to be real. Yep. And, in fact, it is real. Like, Gottlieb is not bluffing. It just is, he's convinced it's a better hand of fault. Right. If Kim knew that Gottlieb was capable of this for value, I think he would change his decision-making yes. and change which hands he was calling with. But as it stands, I think it's totally reasonable to include this hand in the folds if you're going to call with all of your big aces that include a non-ace club. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. I wonder if we're... If we're as Kim, if we're really calling with that many big aces, even on the check raise on the turn, if we're just like we're deep, who cares? Maybe folding, yeah. Like that would be my inclination, unless I know the person is a little crazy and bluffy. Yeah, just like bet fold a lot on the turn because like they mostly aren't bluffing. Fair when you're this deep. What? That's fair. So if that's true, then top set becomes a lot more powerful. Again. We, we have, have to call, call. right yeah. because we don't have so many combos. Yeah. We may have a few, but not too many of ace king ace queen ace jack. Yeah. You're right there? No. Okay, good. Well, as long as Jonathan lives till the end of the podcast, we still get paid, so we got to end it pretty quick. Okay. We're not sure if he's going to make it. Oh, 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 uh oh, oh. Ending the podcast. Say goodbye to everyone. Music is my sunlight, and all I need is one mic. And I can show every single MC how it's done right. Every time I come by, I'm bound to leave them so tired. I'm sipping on liquor, a quitter is what I'm not. We got one life, and I took a minor break, but I'm back to claim the throne. and going to be traveling the globe. We still have time to make it home.